Hey everyone, welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, when it comes to parenting, I feel like I should always weigh in, mainly because I'm a fantastic parent. Uh, my ex and I were a horrible couple, but killing it as parents. If I, if I take a little bit more of the lion's share there, I think it's due. Uh, both my kids as adults are aggressively killing it in life, and uh, so I really feel like I may have an inside track that most lack. But every now and then, you do run into somebody who has not necessarily cracked the code when it comes to parenting, but somebody that's figured out a hack that you never even dreamed of. I mean, just odd stuff. I, I know one guy that, uh, back before it was popular, he had an entire contract system and corporation driven with his kids and he kept them all in line they were unruly little beggars about you know seven and eight but they lived by the terms of the contract and it's like the second and they were all little like uh jailhouse lawyers the second he argued with them about anything they break out their contract they're protected by this clause and they would go to him but would, and i guess once a month you renegotiated the contract and it was based on past performance and future potential. And it was really fascinating what little he, he showed to me. And as far as I know, his kids are doing pretty well. Uh, one's married with children and the other one, I believe, is still in school getting her master. So, you know, sounds like he's, he did some good there. I don't know if it would have worked with my kids. They're a little bit too clever. And when it comes to legal issues, my oldest is uh, might be a little more savvy there than me. So I, I get the feeling I'd get taken advantage of. But parenting itself is a bit of a bitch. Um, looking at other people's parenting is a lot like watching foreign television. Um, you watch, like say watch Telemundo and you don't speak Spanish. The TV, the shows don't make sense because there's a lot of things in, in Telemundo that are traditional things that they have in every show. And just about every show or every other show, they have an adult man in dressed as a child in a striped shirt with like a little propeller beanie. And he's always like the, the wisecracking dumb guy. And I don't know, I don't speak the language, so I don't know if he is... Are they portraying him as a child or are they portraying him as an adult that simply looks like a child? You know, I don't know. But it is kind of fascinating. You know, it's like watching Japanese. And Japanese is interesting because they realize there's an American market for everything they do over there. So they translate everything. And it's not always an, uh, it doesn't always translate well, but they do it. If you've ever seen stereo instructions from like the 70s and 80s, it was awesome because they translated it word for word. And here's why you should never translate shit word for word, because here's, I once worked as a sales training manager, teaching people to uh, sell pre-need cemetery plots, which sounds morbid as hell, and I get that. But the, I decided I had a brand new rep coming in, and he was Korean, and he didn't speak English. Oh, I don't speak Korean. But I have a phone script that I want him to follow. And it said very nicely, I, I won't go into the name of the company because I don't do that on, on when I was blogging or podcasting. You don't shit where you've eaten in the past. I don't work for that company anymore, but I still wouldn't do that to them. Um, let's call them Live Oak. So it's uh, Live Oak Memorial Park. And the script read, Hi, 
My name is so-and-so from Live Oak Memorial Park, and I would like to talk to you about pre-need cemetery plots. And as the head of your family, it is a responsibility to make sure your family is provided for on what might be the worst day of their lives. And it went on, but it was it was designed to evoke the most emotion in the smallest, smallest amount of time, and you called like 400 people a day. And out of that, you may get a dozen that want to talk to you. But it's it's a numbers game, you know. If you the equation is this: for every sale, there was four presentations. Well, typically two. My close rate was awesome, so two presentations. For two presentations, there was four scheduled presentations because fifty percent of them cancel. For fifty for four scheduled presentations, I had to have uh, say twenty warm leads to get those twenty leads. I had to get, I believe, 400 lukewarm leads to get those 20 warm leads. And then it, you, you dial it back to, okay, I have to make 2,000 dials to get that sale. And it's like, wow, that seems like an amazing thing. That seems like a lot of work for a little bit of, of sale. Well, consider the fact the average sale was five grand, and you got about 40% of that. So... Do the math, it's worth it. Now, the script I had, remember it said, hi, my name is so-and-so, I'm calling from Live Oak Memorial Park. And it is as the head of your family, it's your responsibility to protect your family in the worst of their, on the worst day of their lives. Well, I went to an online translation program and I put in the English words and it gave me back the translation, word for word. Now, what that does is very naively ignores the syntax, the phrasing, everything that is completely different. Other languages are not just different words for stuff. It's the way they refer to things. And if you translate them word for word from English into that language, it's going to be wrong. So I gave it to this guy. I said, and I mimed making a phone call, and he looked at it as, as he's reading it. I see his face darkening. And he went over to another rep who is Korean but also speaks English. And she immediately stomped her way over to me and said, where did you get this? And I said, why? What does it say? She says, this say my name will with live oak dead ground. You gonna die. Your family gonna cry. You dishonor your family unless you buy. And it, <laughs> it's like, okay. So it came across poorly. But that's also... And the reason I, I went through that whole story is that Japanese TV shows are a little bit twisted like that. And so the name of today's episode is actually a name of a parody of a Japanese TV show. So today's episode is Nude House of Wacky People on today's Caffeinated Humor. You know, there are times you can't figure out what's wrong with people. There's a lady on the corner that I'm, I'm stopped in my car at the, the stoplight, and she's screaming at the top of her lungs at her little dog. She isn't hitting the dog. She's not yanking on the leash. She's just screaming at it. So, sarcasm to the rescue. I try not to get involved, but I love dogs. Not necessarily little dogs, but there is a principle involved. I roll down the window, and as politely as possible, I yell, Hey, knock that shit off! She jumped back like a sin kitten and quit yelling at the dog. So there, 
I did my part in fighting crime. The world is now a better place. Besides, a guy and his wife have walked up to the same corner and they're starting to get into it with the screamer. So leaving them to it, my work here is done. About five minutes later, I'm pulling into the underground parking bunker that I'm forced to park in, about a third of a mile from my office. There is a car in the middle of the aisle parking. Now, at least I, I am assuming that they're parking. Parking usually involves pulling into parking spaces, stopping, turning off the car. That's not the case here. The car is a mid-70s Oldsmobilic of some sort. And so far, the geriatric driver, blue hair, cannot see over the steering wheel, has a little hat though, has pulled out and back in three times. I put my car in park. I've seen this before. In the end, six was the magic number when it comes to backing in and backing out of the parking spot to adjust it for the Oldsmobile to be in a perfect place in the world. I normally would be pissed and maybe lay on the horn, but from little I could see, the driver looked a, a frightening amount like my great-grandmother, and just the memory of that woman kept my hand off the horn. If half the stories about my great-grandmother were true, God help me if I piss her off. Dead or alive, the woman was a force of nature not to be fucked with. When recounting the tale of the night he and his brothers came home drunk from joining the Navy, my 80-year-old great-uncle shuddered in the middle of telling the story about the full-on assault that his mother, my great-grandmother, uh, performed on, on him and his brothers with a skillet including a concussion and stitches. So, yeah. Just over five minutes later, I am sipping scalding hot coffee in my favorite small round table at Starbucks near the Manhattan Pier. For those who don't know, Manhattan Beach, California, down by the pier, I had this killer office. Oh, sweet addiction, I have missed you. On Mondays, I go, typically I'll, I'll go somewhere and get coffee on the weekends, but it's never with the dedicated addiction that I do on, on Monday through Friday. So a young mother just stepped away from the cashier with her three kids, and that really tense, stressed look on her face that you really, you just don't understand unless you have kids. But for those with kids, it's like a guy watching another guy getting kicked in the nuts. You can feel that sympathy pain, combined with a crushing relief that it isn't you. Now the barista is, is hitting high speed today and has their coffee creation ready when she gets there. I mean, that's fast. And then they sit down next to me. Great. As a general rule, I despise other people's kids. I'm comfortable with the fact that there's a shallow little piece of my soul that views other people's kids as semi-retarded, dull, and ugly. I mean, it is what it is. If they're not blood relations, I could give a shit less. And her kids are really feeling me so justified and right in my feelings today. Chatty is a word you might use if you wanted to completely underwhelm the conversation. Screechy is the word I would use. Now, mom looks like she's in about the same place as me, and they're her kids. So she sets her coffee down and says, empty mouths said very quietly. The kids giggle, giggle for half a second, and then all three of them ball up their fists and shove them into their own mouths. Silence reigns as the kids are laughing around their mouths, but still not making any noise because there's a fist in their mouth. And 
they're bug-eyed and trying to make each other laugh, and it's this incredibly neat game that's existing in total silence, and I might be in the Twilight Zone again. So Mom sighs like someone has given her a back rub and a foot rub at the same time, and sips her coffee in silence. It's a very weird little bubble that we exist in right now, but at least it's quiet. And my coffee isn't so scalding right now, so there is that.